Welcome to Energetic Influence, where we discuss energy in all its forms, including spiritual, and its influence on us collectively and as individuals. And now your host of Energetic Influence, David Houston. Thank you for joining me again. In today's episode, I'd like to discuss a few of the ancient gods that are specifically mentioned. Three in the Bible, I believe it's in 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 13. It's about King Solomon, and it is in relation to or in his latter years. He felt the need to have a lot of wives. In his diplomatic relations, he took wives from a lot of the surrounding kingdoms. As any good husband sought to make his wives happy, unfortunately, at the expense of not doing what was right in the eyes of God, he set up temples in the high places for his wives. Now, those temples were set up for those temples were set up for Chemosh, Milcom, and Ashtoreth. Now, the interesting thing about these ancient gods and Sharon Gilbert gives a clear picture of how we as modern people can understand the same pagan god manifesting itself as different entities or different under different disguises or different names. Think of uh, a person having a finger puppet theater. Well, if you're a good puppeteer, you could have 10 characters in your finger puppet theater. Each of your fingers could represent a different character. Well, if those 10 fingers are connected to two hands that are connected to one person or one entity, that one entity can manifest itself as 10 different entities or different personas. And so you have the same entity or idea or pagan god represented or known by different names in different cultures and different times. Jonathan Kahn has written a book that, well, let's see, he wrote The Harbinger, I believe, uh, a couple years back, and then a new one called The Return of the Gods. And in it, he discusses three of these pagan entities resurfacing, or as I would say, and even other people, not just me, so I'm repeating what other people have said, uh, these gods never left. They have been with us since the incident of the Watchers or the Fallen Realm or the Sons of God coming down to mate with the Daughters of Man. One could even go as far back as saying that these are the ones who were enticed into receiving worship or enticed into receiving adoration from people back when the nations were divided to the sons of God. What Jonathan Kahn points out in his book is a uh, return, and I say return, I, I, meaning they never left, but a resurgence of the three he pointed out was Baal, Jonathan Kahn, in his three episode series on Skywatch TV. Uh, of course, they're promoting his book, but he points out that Baal, and he calls that pagan entity the possessor, uh, now, this was the chief god of the uh, Canaanite pantheon, the Enchantress, which can go by these following names. This goes back to the finger puppets. Ashtar, Ashtoreth, Astarte, Asherah, Ishtar, Inanna, Aphrodite, Venus. Now, 
This was a Canaanite goddess of prostitutes, war, intoxication, spells, and sexual immorality. And then the third one was the destroyer or Moloch. And this again, ancient pagan god demanded child sacrifice, child abortion, infanticide, and cannibalism. So I was wondering if there was a correlation between what I read in the scriptures about Solomon and then what I remembered hearing in these uh, epi- this, ep- this episode series, Jonathan Kahn, about these returning entities. It's very close. I mean, the only difference... But it was just a different naming of the same character. So it was Baal and Milcom. Basically, they're the same god. Canaanite was Baal. Amorite was Milcom. And then the Moabite was uh, Chemosh or Ashtar. And then back to Canaanite was Ashtoreth. Now, with that said, and the finger puppet idea of how these pagan gods can be represented to different cultures at different times under different names, under different disguises... And sometimes even multiple disguises within the same culture, such as a male aspect and a female aspect. This goes back to the finger puppet idea. Now, another thing that I was reminded of, and this was a, another this was another set of episodes from Derek and Sharon Gilbert concerning the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They began looking into the book of Revelation and what the what clues are given to discuss these horses and the color of these horses and the rider on each horse and what each horse and rider not only represent but what happens in the world after the seals are open and these horsemen come out or come forth and the conclusion they make was that these seals began to be opened right after the death and resurrection of Jesus. I'm not going to go into their discussion of how they come to that conclusion. It's a great conclusion. However, this set of episodes discuss who these writers are. The conclusion that I believe I have come to, and I would have to re-listen to them again, so this is just going off the notes that I've made, was the rider on the white horse could be Apollo, or Polyon, or Nurgle, or Reshef. The rider on the red horse could be Aphrodite, Ares, Asherah, Ashtar, Ashtoreth, Astarte, Chemosh, Inanna, Ishtar, Mars, or Venus. The rider on the black horse, I don't have an indication as to who that particular rider might be at the moment, but what comes out of it is famine. And then the rider on the pale or green horse um, was mentioned to be Osiris, who is depicted as having a green color in, I believe, Egyptian cosmology, and then followed by Hell, also known as Hades, Mott, or Pluto. Another aspect of the fourth seal, or the rider on the pale horse, or the green horse, was mentioned by Mike Adams a number of months ago, and he brought that to the attention of his listeners, that in Greek, the word pale is caloris, which is where we get our word chlorophyll. It refers to green. And what he pointed out was that it might be symbolic of the notion of the Green New Deal that is being talked about and discussed in the world to save the planet, to save the earth, to make everyone's life crazy with 
regulations and he just pointed out that it's a green horse and not a pale horse even though that's how it was translated in the King James Version and he just equated the Green New Deal to the green horse and what comes after the green horse is and I looked and behold a pale horse or green and his name that sat on him was death or Thanatos and hell followed with him and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth whoever these riders are on these horses are not specifically named except for Thanatos in the book of Revelation in our modern English translation but there's enough clues given that we can ascertain who they may be based on other pagan gods worshipped in the past and what their attributes were and we can equate those attributes to the events given in the book of Revelation as to what takes place after these seals are opened and I'm currently in the middle of another book the apocalypse in light of the temple. It is looking at the Apocalypse of John or the book of Revelation as it relates to ancient temple or tabernacle service, especially on the Day of Atonement and the symbology and the correlation with the ancient tabernacle or temple service is amazing. I had no idea, again I'm not a Jewish person, to know how all of that ceremony was to take place and what it actually meant considered a answered prayer because I've been praying to understand the tabernacle to understand the sacrifices and the requirements from way back when to how it related to Jesus and that was something that I had been taught many years ago that every book of the Bible had something to do or related in some way to Jesus and I was just thinking to myself how 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 other than you know being the final sacrifice uh to atone for sin that's the only thing that came to my mind but in reading this other book and how it relates to the events in the book of revelation to the events that took place at the tabernacle and the temple is just unbelievable it's amazing the website is newtorah.org and it, again it's it's a pdf it's it's available anybody can read it but it just it sheds so much light on the book of revelation as it relates to the ancient tabernacle or temple services it's just a fascinating aspect to reading the book of Revelation and understanding the book of Revelation, how it relates to our current day and time and what we are dealing with as people living in 2022 or the end of 2022 and how it relates to the future of our life and our time here on this planet in its symbolic references from way back when that was looking forward to now and in the future. I found it just fascinating. These pagan gods, they've never left. They've continually influenced mankind into doing terrible and horrible things in the name of enlightenment, in the name of freedom, when it's really oppression and when it, when it is really death and it's really almost a... Uh, a counterproductive aspect of humanity to do some of the things that are being done today in the name of progression, in the name of moving forward or human rights or equality. It's so ridiculous to think about. And so not to get political, but it has a lot to do with politics, trust me. And what's eventually going to end up happening is, well, 
you can just read for yourself and come to your own conclusions as to what you think is going to happen because it it's unfolding and my prayer is we wake up and realize what's going on and i say we collectively meaning everybody on the planet to stop some of the events from taking place to hinder some of these events from taking place to maybe make it more difficult for some of these events to take place what i tend to run into and hear and see is the subservience or the bending over or the reluctance to encounter any sort of conflict against a person being free now this goes back to what i was saying earlier some of these entities want us to do things that we think are liberating and allow us our freedom and sure if you want to practice a certain thing and it doesn't harm anyone else and it doesn't take anything away from anyone else then you're free to do so just don't impose it on me or anybody that doesn't want it to be imposed upon them and by all means go do whatever you feel the desire to do and at the same time, I won't impose what I believe on you. I will merely state what I'm doing or what I'm thinking. And you can make your own decisions as to whether or not you agree with it or you disagree with it. That is the freedom I'm talking about. The idea of being free to do whatever you want. I encourage you to look up all of the information that I've discussed. Do your own research. Read. Pray. And seek truth in everything that you do. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you.